Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. I'm sure you had a great weekend on Father's Day with Brother Joji and all of that was just so nice. Praise the Lord. God is our Father. Amen. Today we are going to enjoy mercy of God in greater measures as we proceed to study, ponder on His truth. Shall we just worship Him? Father, in Jesus' name, we trust You, we bless You, we praise You. Hallelujah, Abba Father. Glory to Your holy name. We worship You right now. We bless You. Thank You, our Father. Worship You, worship You, worship You. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, You're faithful. We bless You. We thank You for the privilege of this day. Thank you, Lord. This minute, this hour, we praise you. We thank you. We lift you up. Hallelujah. Glory to your holy name. Glory, glory, glory. You're worthy, Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Abba Father. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you have taken. That's a great substitution, that work you have done for us. We bless you, we praise you, we worship you. Hallelujah. You satisfied heaven, you satisfied the Father. We're so grateful. Hallelujah. We give you thanks, we give you praise right now. We worship you, Holy One. You're worthy. Worthy of all praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Abba Father. Worship you, worship you, worship you, worship you. Glory, 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 glory. We lift you up, Abba Father. We thank you, precious Holy Spirit, for living with us, living in us. Hallelujah. We're so grateful. The greater one lives in us. Person and power of the Holy Spirit is putting us over in every situation. We thank you. We praise you. We bless you. Hallelujah. Glory to your holy name. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. For he alone is worthy. For he alone is worthy. For he alone is worthy. Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. Mashallah, brabala, bandaria, balasante. Oh, blessed be your holy name. Mashele, predele, bokorobo, sende. Hallelujah. You're worthy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your holy name, Mashallah Braval Malakandarabariandarabakasariente. Praise your holy name, Mashete Brembeliandoroko Saramande. Hallelujah, Mashakabal Marabal Veridiandarabasiriande. Hallelujah, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. We call every need met. We call every yoke destroyed, every burden removed. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. 
So we'll be going to our familiar line of scriptures in Second Peter again. I'm sure that uh, you know Peter said he was going to make sure that we uh, were reminded of these truths over and over. So I believe that's happening right now. <laughs> and uh, his faith is definitely working somehow. Um, you know, there seems to be a lot in here. Let's see how far we can plumb the depths of his word. So I begin again uh, in Second Peter chapter 1, and today we have uh, Sister Shoba with us also, who will be helping to translate. But I read, it says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us, through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And he continues, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power, verse 3 continues, has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, King James says. Verse 4 says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Hallelujah. Maybe we'll hear uh, verse 2 and 3, first of all, in Canada, please. Devara Vishayavagiyo, Namma Kartanada Yesuvina Vishayavagiyo, Amen. So you notice here, the grace of God and the peace of God are multiplied to us through the knowledge of God. And it's given to us, the Bible says, according as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that's called us through glory to glory and virtue. And notice he says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. And that by the promises, we partake of the divine nature. And we escape corruption that's in the world through lust and so on. So notice here that our knowledge and understanding of Scripture and our handling of the promises of God will give us everything we need for life and for godliness. To enjoy divine nature as though God himself were living in our stead, in our place. And so you see a lot of the benefits of this uh, substitution of the body and you, Christ and you. You know, a flow like that is what we can enjoy. And it's through the knowledge of him and the understanding of how to use the promises of God to tap into the nature that has been given to us. Hallelujah. And so um, we need to know how to handle the promises of God, faith in the promise, and what you do with that, so on and so forth. It says then in verse 5, we begin this step-by-step -step 
uh, ascending. Verse 5 says, Beside this giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, patience godliness. Verse 7, And to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness uh, charity or love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that, and he goes on, He that lacks these things is blind, cannot see afar off, forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Then verse 10, Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, notice that, you will never fall or fail. And so this abundant entrance is ministered to you into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Verse 11, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. Praise God. Into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we'll just hear um, verse 5 and then um, through to verse 7 in Canada also. Thank you, sister. Praise God. So this is uh, what we are aiming to develop and as we handle the promises of God, notice everything you need for life and godliness has been given to us. It's not going to change. Whatever you need has already been given. Only thing is it's in the form of precious promises, exceeding great and precious promises, uh, revelation of the nature of our Father. God's own nature has been passed on to us in these precious promises. So what's on the inside of us begins to become clear. And as we cooperate and act on these various steps, the Bible says we have a different kind of entrance into that everlasting kingdom. And that's our hope, that we're going there, we're going to see Jesus face to face, and it's going to be a wonderful day, a day of great um, blessing, and uh, not just coming home, but also an appropriate coming home for whatever works we have done on this earth, we get to see the rewards, and we enjoy them. Hallelujah. So. Uh, as his uh, approach is drawing closer, we want to make sure that we are getting ourselves in order. And uh, it's a hope that prepares us to do our best and to put in our best effort. So that's why I believe we're still going over these things. And uh, praise God, it's going to work out for us. Hallelujah. So let's read verse 11 also in Canada, please. Namakartanu. Rakshatano Agirua, Esu Kristana Nitya Rajadali, Praveshisuahage, Devuru, Nimagedaralavagi, Anubraisuano. Amen. Praise the Lord. So um, notice there that we develop our faith in the promises and then we with all the diligence, adding excellence, virtue to it, you know, the ability to have a manly attitude or 
I'm not going to let go of this. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to see these things come to pass. You know, and then notice there's temperance and patience there. And uh, temperance has to do with uh, dealing with people and the nature of man and all of that stuff. And patience means being able to stand in tests with circumstances. And uh, these uh, things are interesting because temperance is mentioned in in God's character also, that he's long-suffering. He's not suffering forever, but he's long-suffering. You know, he deals with people and he, he has to endure with people and all of that. But the, the word for patience is not uh, in God's nature, you know. So, because God does not have any problem with circumstances. God does not have to deal with circumstances or natural problems. You see, he's almighty God. But this is where our nature has to be prepared to handle circumstances and not quit in the midst of circumstances. Amen? So you will notice there that we have to patiently wait till the manifestation of the promises, at the same time developing a character to be able to expand and extend mercy to the brethren in spite of all of those natural emotional challenges. Praise God. And then he goes on to say godliness. And that word godliness um, is mainly observed, if you read your Bible, is mainly written in epistles that are written to Timothy, you know, and uh, Titus, and then you'll see also in Peter. In other words, they seem to be addressed to someone who is in a ministry capacity. Um, And apart from that, it's there in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 3, you will remember, he says in verse 12, that uh, it's not by our power or by our holiness. That's what King James says. And that's the same word for godliness. You see, so it can also mean godliness and holiness. So they kind of go together. It's a character of representing God, piety towards God and all of that stuff. So um, we may look at that a little bit today and... uh, Go along as, you know, we, we receive help and grace. Amen. And so um, maybe we'll just look at verse 7 again in Canada, please. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 7. <laughs> Amen. So if you notice also in Timothy, you will notice there are verses there that talk about how godliness with contentment is great gain. Remember those kind of lines? So, you know, um, there is a battle that we are uh, supposed to deal with. We're supposed to press into meditating in the things of God, pondering on the Word of God, and it forms a kind of exercise, a you know, a gymnastic exercise, just like you keep going to the gym and uh, making sure your body's strong. There is a godly exercise also. So uh, as you develop faith in the promises and you are considering how you handle challenges from people and circumstances, patiently enduring, you're also developing, you know, employing this thing called godliness. So We'll probably look off at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4 
And notice there, um, verse 7 says, But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For, verse 8 continues, Bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life that now is, and that which is to come. Amen. Uh, so we need to be able to understand that there is promise of this life and that which is to come. Exactly in line with what we're studying in Peter here. We're preparing ourselves for that final homecoming and entry into heaven. So there has to be some godly exercise involved. And uh, rather than listening to this and that and the other, he says, old wives' fables and all of that stuff. He says, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Let's hear First Timothy 4 and verse 7 in Canada, please. Kedala Prapanchikavada Kategalanu Talibitu Nilu Deva Bhaktiya Vishedali Sadhana Madiko. Amen. So bodily exercise has profit. Notice God is interested in profit. He wants you to gain. He's a God of gain, not of loss really. Even though when you first meet him, you have to count uh, the loss as a gain. See, you, you seem to be losing the world in order to gain the Lord. But eventually you will notice that you haven't really lost anything. You have only gained. <laughs> so praise God for that. He's a God of gain. You know, so whatever seems to be an exchange or a loss for it is actually just a profit as your eyes become more and more accustomed to truth and revelation. Amen. So there's an exercise that causes profit and it will affect your life here and that which is to come. Praise God. And um, as you study along, there are more and more verses like this. And um, maybe we'll look at another in First Timothy 6 about how certain folks are talking about a kind of prosperity there, you know, saying that gain is godliness. You know, just because you are receiving increase doesn't mean that it is godliness that gave you that increase. But there, there is a tendency, because of the way the blessings are mentioned, notice in Deuteronomy 28, there's a list of blessings before the curses come. And they all are very material, because God wants the blessings to manifest in the material realm. So people kind of figured it out that blessing means uh, material, and so if you have material, you are blessed. <laughs> but there's modification. He says, according to godliness, according to a pious lifestyle, a reverential fear towards God and the way you treat God, and then receiving material blessings is a different story altogether. Hallelujah. And that's where we want to ponder on. So uh, in 1 Timothy 6, verse 3, says, If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, to the doctrine which is according to godliness. So there can be some doctrines which may not be godly. Are you out there today? So praise God, we have to therefore understand this aspect and constantly weigh things according to godliness. So if you remember... In uh, Acts 3, he said, It was not our power nor our holiness that made this man to walk, but it was faith in the name of Jesus. 
So you could operate the name of Jesus and faith, but you have to develop godliness also in order to have a different entry into the heavenly kingdom. Amen. Praise God. And so we want it all. We would like to see everything. Praise God. How many of you believe that, I mean, it's just one chance you get to live. You, you don't get another chance to come back here and try it all over. So why not just do the best you can, right? Hallelujah. So verse 4 says, He's proud, not knowing, uh, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereby cometh envy, strife, railing, surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. Notice that. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Hallelujah. So this contentment that we're talking about uh, must be in the context of godliness, and it is great gain. Amen. So um, maybe we'll hear verse 5 in Canada, please. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 5. Praise God. So there is, you know, this very interesting balance in the things of God where people think, uh, well, you follow Jesus, you get nothing physical, you get nothing natural. That's one side. And then there's another side where they're just talking about the natural. But there is this godly area that we want to uh, develop and understand. And, uh, you know, everything has to be weighed in, in this manner. Isn't that uh, clear? Praise God. God has a very clear way of talking also. And thank God these things are found in the epistles written to, I believe, pastors of the churches there. Titus is uh, like a pastoral kind of thing, talking about development of resource people in the church and their character and so on. Timothy also is the father heart coming through to a pastor who's coming to develop you know, the church of God. So um, this is interesting. Godliness with contentment is great gain. So we're not the group that says, just sit there, and be happy with what you have, and that's it. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we're not of the group that says, you know, I complained that I had no shoes till I saw somebody with no legs. No, we're not of that group either, you see. So, hallelujah. There's a, there's a godly thing that we are talking about here. And the godly aspect is that in the, the plan of God and in the character of God, in the nature of God, you know, we are not comparing with anybody, but we are looking at what Jesus paid for, you know, out of his great love for us to make sure we're taken care of spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. And so um, godliness is the reverence for God and that combining with, okay, this is where I am right now. I'm moving along. I'm believing God that he's going to show me everything he paid for, and I'm going to be a beneficiary of it. But at this stage, praise God, this is where I am, and I thank you, Lord, that you brought me thus far, 
but I'm believing for all that you paid for. And um, I'm trusting you. I'm not putting pressure on anybody else, but on you and your word. I am putting my faith in God's word, and I'm reverencing God's word. And I'm going to think towards God only good thoughts. Hallelujah. That's in a nutshell what you're talking about here as godliness. Let's hear verse 6 also in Kannada, please. Amen. Verse 7 continues. He says, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. So that's why, you know, we are preparing for the soon coming of the Lord. It is certain we can take nothing out, um, but praise God, he, he wants you to enjoy it while you are here. You see, you brought nothing, and then you're taking nothing. So in between, what happens is he wants you to enjoy what he created from his blessing, from faith in him and acting upon what he has given us. And, you know, as we develop that uh, muscle, it's a good word, you know, in our exercise of the things of God, in godly exercise, he wants us to be able to appreciate and receive his benefits and he said, don't forget my benefits. He says, uh, you know, thank me and remember my benefits. He's a God of benefits. He's a God of gain. You see, praise God. And, and uh, it doesn't matter. There will be people who always go on this side or the other side. But there is a clear, wonderful middle road of God's best. Hallelujah. So verse 7, we brought nothing into this world. A certain we can take nothing out. Verse 8, and having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. You know, and verse 9, they that will be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after have erred from the faith, pierced themselves through with many sorrows, and so on and so forth. But verse 11 says, Thou, O man of God, flee these things, follow after righteousness and godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Notice in verse 11, we're called to follow after these things. In other words, we don't go following after uh, the other things that everybody's following after. Are you getting this? Hallelujah. God wants you to believe Him, believe the promises act on the Word of God, develop faith along those steps, and don't go running after these things just like the world does. He knows what you have need of. Hallelujah. So um, it's very interesting how this whole thing works. And once you understand it and you're able to hold it, you know, you can be moved this way and that way depending on winds out there. But if you can hold it steady in the midst of it all, you can go down that central path you should have a very amazing entrance into the kingdom. Praise God. Let's hear verse 11 also in Canada, please. Amen. <laughs> Interestingly, the other day I had met a Nigerian person, you know, and we were just talking and he said, yes, so you're a pastor. I said, yes, I met him in Nigeria. I met the Lord in Nigeria. And 
and so on. And then we got to talking, and after some time, he said, you know, um, pastors don't have to go and meet, you know, ministers and heads of state. If they do that, it's because of longer throat, you know, and that means because they're greedy. He said it's the other way around. Pastors have to be met by ministers and heads of state. That's the correct order. And we had a good laugh about it. Amen. And I said, yeah, you, you know, we don't have to go running after this guy and that guy. That's the truth. In fact, those folks should come looking for us. If you are actually tuning in on God and holding your place and the godly fear and dignity of God in your life, it will always work out the other way. Praise God. Even in the Old Testament, you know, they were close. The rulers and the men of God were close because the rulers needed them. It's not the other way around. Praise God. Hallelujah. So notice, you don't have to go like everybody else, running after money, coveting after money. He says, while some coveted after. The love of money is the root of all evil. While some coveted after. So that's what the love of money is. is coveting after. Desiring it. Which is, you know, somebody else's, in quote, this world's stuff. This world belongs to you. It was given to Abraham. It was given to you. It should come to you. You don't have to go running for it. Hallelujah. That mentality is what changes everything. As your soul prospers, that's how you prosper. Praise God. We cannot depreciate and come down and begin to go running after these things. Hallelujah. Godliness means you don't go chasing after things that the world is chasing after. That everybody is coveting after. Hallelujah. Godliness and contentment is great gain. Great gain. Hallelujah. Very interesting thoughts. So, um, you know, just a couple of thoughts like that, a couple of ideas like that. Let's go off to Peter also. Um, let's jump off to Second Peter and observe the, the third chapter. He says, Mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, commandment of us, the apostles, knowing that there will be scoffers, where is the promise of his coming? They're willingly ignorant of the word, you know, saying, oh, he said he's coming, when is he coming? And so on and so forth. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Verse 11, seeing then that all these things must be dissolved. So Je Jesus and Peter here are talking about when Jesus comes after uh, our taking home and our enjoying the marriage supper of the Lamb. And there's a wrath that's coming upon the earth and a closing down of a certain age where the elements are going to be melted and He's going to have a new heaven and a new earth. That's way after the thousand years also of Jesus' reign on the earth. That's what uh, Peter is talking about here. He's not talking about when Jesus comes to take us away. Praise God. So these men had revelation from different points. And it's, it's safe to just know that. So he said, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, or the things that everybody's running after, <laughs> the platinum, the gold, the silver, the oil, 
the ores on the earth and everything, they're going to be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? So if you know that you're not taking anything, that all these things are going to be burnt up and you came with nothing, you're going back with nothing, then you can walk in a certain kind of attitude where these things are not pulling you, drawing you to go this way and that way. But instead, you are looking up, you are hasting the soon coming of the Lord Jesus. You want to go home. You are crying in your heart for ideal, an earth that is pure, heavens that have no unrighteousness. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we're not here planning to just amass everything. God wants us to enjoy it, but you can't take it away from here. And they're all going to be burnt up and dissolved anyway. So what's the point? Hallelujah. He's a good God. He says, hey, you're tourists, you're strangers, you're just passing by. But I, can, I have it in my heart that you enjoy it. And I want you to enjoy it. But don't get all possessive and grabby and greedy and graspy like everybody else over these things. Hallelujah. Let's read verse 11 also in Canada, please. Amen. And notice how 12 continues, Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, the elements shall melt with Notice fervent heat and so on. We look for the promise of new heavens and new earth. Notice that this is another promise. Amen. And it's a part of our Christian faith that we are looking forward to such a thing also. So imagine we are so much far away from all these ends that are spoken here where everything burns up. You know, and uh, 2012 is some movie that was made where everything was burning up and all of that. But, man, it's still a long way off. Meantime, the message for the church is you can walk in a godly way, not gra grasping greedily after these things that everybody else is running after. Hallelujah. So we are going to talk a little bit about this. And let's see how far we can go because it's very important. God wants you to enjoy these things. God wants you to have these things, but he doesn't want you, he doesn't want you to uh, be caught up there and so it affects your reception at, at the heavenly realms. Amen? At that gate. So let's go to some things that Jesus said. Some sound a little harsh, but, you know, praise God, we're used to harsh. Aren't you used to harsh? Yeah, I'm sure you are. Let's go to Luke 16. So those who have not understood this, Notice, if they don't have godliness, uh, they, they have another report. It says that they creep into, you know, uh, silly women's houses that are laden with sin and all of that. You know, it goes that way. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Hallelujah. But your story is different. Glory. Luke 16. And let's read there the 8th verse. The whole 16 chapter is packed with all kinds of stuff. Jesus is basically talking there, and he says, And the Lord commanded the unjust steward, because he had done wisely, for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children 
of light. What a statement. Every now and then I stumble on that thought and I ponder about it. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus actually said this. The children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. You know, maybe that's why we are trying to get as much wisdom as we can so that we can tip the scales and say, uh, no, Lord, I, I'm, I'm making a difference here. I, I'm not going to be under that, you know, comma or that bracket of people there who are not uh, just as wise as the world, but wiser than the world and the children of the world. We're supposed to be not just as wise as they are, but wiser than they are. Hallelujah. So a few thoughts like that, um, just to see how far we can go. Verse 9, And say unto you, Make yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Let's hear um, verse 8 of Luke 16 in Canada, please. Amen. So here we want to really um, see what, what was he talking about. What are you talking about, Lord, when you say this wisdom is important and we need to be wiser than the world and the world has a system and the way they operate that system, you know, and make unto yourselves, he says, friends. He says, friends, that when you fail, and that means you, that means when you die. If you look at it closely, it means when you die, you get a reception committee. Notice, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. Can you see that? This is wisdom. It is wise to be able to use the resources, you know, in the natural realm to make for yourself friends, in quotes, who will go ahead who will go to heaven and receive you there, part of the welcoming committee. Hallelujah. That's wisdom. Praise God. That's what we're talking about. So you could say that all of these things we're studying are for uh, a wise entrance into heaven. You know, someone who is known to have done his work properly, who made the right choices, who uh, looked at the wisdom that Jesus was talking about and decided to go that way. Amen. So don't worry. You know, uh, it's not going to be too long because if you understand, um, it's just like a, a little wisp of smoke, a little vapor here for a little while. Next thing you're gone. Hallelujah. Let's hear verse 9 also in Canada, please. <laughs> Amen. So we, we want to um, park in these kind of thoughts a little bit, ponder on them. You know, I think it should be part of our daily thinking about our reception. If I shut my eyes and find myself in heaven today, how is it going to be? You know, all those kind of thoughts. I believe that that should be wisdom. 
to be able to see the end from the beginning. And God is a God of wisdom. He sees the end from the beginning. Isaiah 46.10. So let's see First Thessalonians 5 and listen to an interesting line. First uh, Timothy 5 verse 8. Very interesting line of scripture. It says, But if any man or any provide not for his own, and especially those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel or unbeliever. See that? So the, the wisdom of this world and then our wisdom. Imagine this statement for a minute. That someone can be worse than an unbeliever. Who do you think can be worse than an unbeliever? Can an unbeliever be worse than an unbeliever? No. <laughs> think about that. Who's worse than an unbeliever? Only a believer is worse than an unbeliever. <laughs> There's no unbeliever who's worse than an unbeliever. The only person that this fits is a believer. A believer can be worse than an unbeliever. Interesting. And why? Because even unbelievers think about their families, think about, you know, saving, think about provident fund, think about insurance, think about all these things. Maybe believers don't. Hallelujah. So believers need to they need to start thinking about savings and maybe insurance and all of those kind of things. Praise God. That's when you come to the level of an unbeliever. And then you have to be wiser than an unbeliever. So, praise God. That means you have to now step out and cross the boundaries and see what happens after everything. I can't take any of this away. I can't take the savings. I can't take uh, the insurance. I can't take anything with me when I go. I came naked. I'm going naked. So what do I do? You see, this is kind of thing. Let's hear this in Canada, please. First uh, Timothy 5.8. Yavanadaru, Swanta Janaranu, Visheshavadu, Tana Maneavaranu, Sambrachisade Hodare, Avanu, Krista Nambikeanu, Tiratkarisidavanu, Nambadavani Ginta, Kadeavanu, Agitane. Hallelujah. So, <clears throat> interesting thoughts, right? Now, we are living in a time when we know Jesus is coming pretty soon, and but we don't know the hour, we don't know the day. And so um, <clears throat> it is at least worthy of our thinking right now. Suppose he came next week or he came next year. Um, have I done what I ought to do? At least like an unbeliever, you know. So try to have something in your account. Try to think about your family. You know, try to save because God is into all this. Imagine if you prayed based on these verses and say, Lord, at least I have to be as wise as an unbeliever. So, I don't mind it, Lord, if I can have the situation where I'm blessed in my storehouse and I'm blessed, you know, with uh, some funds for my family, for my people, for, for those of my own especially. I'm sure he'll answer that. Don't you think so? You know, in Deuteronomy, let's go there. We have time. Let's go to Deuteronomy and um, observe the third chapter. Deuteronomy chapter 3. And let's see, verse 24, yes. He says, O Lord God, this is Moses talking to the Lord. Thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness and thy mighty hand. 
Notice he had he said, I saw your power, I saw your demonstration. You have begun to show me all these things, you know. So Moses is in awe of what God has done, bringing the people out and the tremendous display of power. He said, I'm beginning to see your hand. You've started showing me your hand, you know. And thy mighty hand, for what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to thy works and according to thy might. He said, there's, there's no other God like this. I've not seen any other God like this. So he's overwhelmed. 25, I pray thee, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan, that goodly mountain and Lebanon. You know, he said, I really want to go there. I want to see all these places and Lebanon. Lebanon is a very nice place. I've been there when I was a little kid. Beautiful place. And all that is the land that was promised to them. Praise God. But the Lord was wroth with me for your sakes. That, that takes us back to one of our... I think it was a Wednesday or a Sunday service where we talked about, you know, that test that they went through. He was angry with me for your sakes and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, let it suffice thee, speak no more unto me of these things. It's like, don't talk to me about this matter anymore. Can you imagine God talking like that? God actually talks like that. Don't talk to me about that anymore. Enough. You're not going. Praise God. I don't think many people have heard this from God. Have you ever heard God talk to you like that? <laughs> I dare say, I doubt. But he, he has ways of talking based on the elevation and standard and the way people have walked with him. And so Moses had walked in that kind of place with him and God could tell him things like, no, don't even tell me about it. You know, Just forget that issue. Don't ask me about going into the land. Don't even talk about it anymore. You're not going there. Wow. Praise God. <clears throat> so, hey, that's Moses and God. Thank God we are not at that level. Verse 27. Get thee up into the top of Pisgah and lift up thine eyes westward and northward and southward and eastward and behold it with thine eyes for thou shalt not go over this Jordan. But charge Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him, for he shall go over before thee, this people, I'm sorry, before this people, and he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. So he said, you better start encouraging and strengthening Joshua, because he's the one that's going to take the people in there. So this is Moses. He has done his best. He's tried to see if he can go there. And he knows that's it. You know, end of story. So now... He's talking from uh, a different level. And so in the 8th chapter, this is him now encouraging Israel and encouraging Joshua and encouraging <clears throat> any of us who are going to be left here. Because Moses is going, you see. Moses said, I'm going. I'm not going there. So this is what I've learned from our God. That time he was just God. And he passed it on to us. And in verse 18, he says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto thy fathers, as it is this day. Praise God. So there it is. He said, I'm telling you this. Remember the Lord. Consider him. 
look at him, pursue him. It is he who gives you power to get wealth. So guess what? God is the one who wants you to get wealth. He had this way of thinking. He's saying, if you can look at me and consider me and position yourself constantly to seek after me, I will give you the power to obtain and to get wealth so that it flows in a certain direction. Notice the direction is to establish my covenant, my plan, my purpose, the gospel, to build up the body of Christ, to stabilize the people of God, to strengthen and settle them, etc. This is how it flows. This is how God is moving. And if you have those kind of thoughts, it's going to be just fine. So we have to stay in that place constantly. Hallelujah. Let's hear um, chapter 8 of Deuteronomy and verse 18 also in Canada, please. Hallelujah. So, these are the thoughts that you have to keep pursuing after, constantly putting that thought that he's the one that I should be seeking. Why? Because people have to be strengthened, because people have to be saved, because lives have to be changed, people have to get filled with the Spirit, the church has to be built, people's lives have to be stabilized. And that is why you are going to get blessed and get wealth. Hallelujah. And that's the way it should be, one day after the other. And we will do our best to stay in that path, And uh, because this has not changed. It's not our strength. It's not our ability. It's not our wisdom. It's not anything that we brought. It's He who gives us the power to get wealth. Hallelujah. And that's all He wants. We need to acknowledge Him in all our ways. We need to look to Him and exercise ourselves onto these thoughts. And guess what? Gain is going to come your way in this life and in that which is to come. Amen. Now let's jump off into the new covenant. Uh, specifically, let's go and look at some thoughts uh, as we consider you know, how He spoke to <clears throat> people on our side who have now seen the church, who have come into the body of Christ, how does he look at that? Let's jump off to the Lord's half-brother, also known as James in King James, but in your local languages is Yaakov. And I believe that's the correct word. And I don't know why it's James. People have theories about it, but that's not my problem. My problem is that he was the Lord's half-brother according to Paul and even according to the gospel writers. Amen. So over there in James, you notice, first of all, that James was <clears throat> the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. And uh, just being the Lord's half-brother would be amazing. It would also prove that you don't get saved even if you are the Lord's half-brother. You get saved by believing in Jesus. <laughs> and so uh, that church got filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2 and they lived in a tremendous realm and so there was a lot of action there 
a lot of heavyweights came there, Paul came there, and this man was the pastor of that kind of a church, so you can imagine, you know. And so I, um, I like this, this man a lot because of that peculiarity that he had, you know, he's Jesus' own half-brother, you know, so I do read him quite a bit, and so let's go and see. I believe this is written not just to A, B, C people, but actually to church people. See, Paul wrote to Timothy in Titus specifically certain things, but this is... Um, not just to ABC, it's actually to church type of people. Praise God. Because this man was a pastor. So as you look at it, you will see some of these things. Let's go to um, chapter 4 of James. Imagine saying this from the pulpit. Verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? You lust, you have not, you kill, you desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. And the next line is strong stuff, you know. I want to jump all that and let's come down to the end verses. Let's read... Um, Verse 14 onwards, let's start in verse 13. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow, we will go unto such a city and continue there a year, buy and sell and get gain. Verse 14, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. Praise God. So let's read verse 13 and 14 in Canada also. James chapter 4, please. Thank you, sister. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So, you know, this is, God is not against gain, not at all. We saw that. He wants us to profit. He wants us to be blessed materially so that it will affect us here and people are going to watch and see, oh, these guys are blessed physically. And then, Blessed in the life to come also. <clears throat> profit there, profit here. So this is not the problem, but rather it's a certain attitude that he's trying to curtail or to stop. He says it's some things that they have decided for themselves. We'll do this, we'll do that, instead of if God wills. They had become very dependent on their own calculations by this time. And the best part is the whole context. Let's hear this, verse 15. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. But now you rejoice in your own boastings or your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Now look at 17. Therefore to him that knoweth. 
to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Let's hear verse 17 in Canada, please. So the context of that verse, you know, you can read 17 on its own and say to him that knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin, which is correct. But the actual context is in this line. In other words, James is saying, I taught you how to do these things properly. You know that you should not just choose A, B, C and just do whatever you want and say, I'll go, I'll do business here, I'll live there, I'll gain, I'll make profit, etc., etc. He said, when you do that, after knowing what you should do, it's a sin for you. Praise God. So in other words, he's saying here, don't take your eyes off the Lord and get it on yourself and your plans and your schedules and your own calculations and business acumen, etc., etc. But rather, come to Him and say, Lord, you know, I would like to do this and that. What do you think? Hallelujah. And if He says, great, since He knows the future better than we know our past, He can tell us what's coming up down the you know, screen and what's coming up next. Hallelujah. So, Nothing wrong with gain, nothing wrong with increase, but he's saying, remember the Lord. It is He that gives you the power to get wealth. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not onto your own understanding. He says, it's for His plan, it's for His purpose. That is what it's all about. You're not going to take anything out of here. You're just here for a season like a wisp of smoke, and you will disappear. That's the truth. You, you cannot say long-term plans on your own. You have to say, I'm seeking God, and if God lets you, then you tell Him. You know, and then you tell others. Praise God. You know, that God said I should do this, God said I should do that. Praise God. And that's safe. So this very church here in Jerusalem, guess what happened? Just a little while after this, Rome came in, thrashed everything down, Everybody had to scatter. So the, the big guys who were saying all these kind of things, who knew better, eventually they had to leave town. Only the apostles were left there, it says. Save the apostles, everybody else had scattered. So in that time is when you see them taking land and putting at the apostles' feet and saying, this is for you, do what you have to do. You remember? So... so um, we are here again at another very crucial time. And so do not forget that there's nothing new under the sun. There's always going to be a rehash. Whatever has happened is still going to happen. God has not changed. That's the beauty of it all. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you must take it, just like I must take it, that we are just passing through. This is not our home. He wants us to enjoy, of course. Praise God. Can we hear um, verse 15 and 17 also in Kannada, please? Hmm. 
ಹಿಂಗೆ ಹೇಳದೆ ನೀವು ಅಹಂಭಾವದಿಂದ ಹೊಗಳಿಕೊಳ್ಳುತ್ತೀರಿ ಅಂತ ಹೊಗಳಿಕೆಯೆಲ್ಲ ಕೆಟ್ಟದ್ದೆ ಹೀಗಿರುವುದರಿಂದ ಒಳ್ಳೆದನ್ನು ಮಾಡಬೇಕೆಂದು ತಿಳಿದು ಅದನ್ನು ಮಾಡದೆ ಇರುವವನು ಪಾಪಕ್ಕೊಳ್ಳಲಾಗುತ್ತಾಗಿದ್ದಾನೆ and if you and i can just get a hold of this i think we'll be safe hallelujah coming from a pastor and a man who was close to the lord jesus physically and raised up a church that probably was one of the big happening churches with rich men they said if somebody comes there with a ring and uh, dress nicely and then you make him sit here and then you tell the poor guy to sit there you know he's talking to church so they had rich people they had people with gold they had people dressed up in the pentecostal church <laughs> and they had all these things going on in the pentecostal church i'll go here i'll go there i'll go make money i'll do this and that nothing wrong with that but let god say go here and go there because you're just here to pass through this is not where you weigh your anchors your anchor is in heaven he's gone into that place beyond the veil and he's bringing you in praise god hallelujah and he wants to welcome us he wants us to come home and have a big smile and we're just bursting at the seams we're totally excited we're like ah i'm so glad i'm so glad i finally came home and i'm so glad that i i did my best I, i believe i did the right thing i can see this hallelujah so um those are the kind of thoughts that uh we have to deal with there's nothing wrong with having insurance savings you know house this that nothing wrong but we have to consider in the establishment of the kingdom is our money tied down here and there are you getting this are we so caught up that we cannot move money for kingdom use that's what we should be bothered about hallelujah so you have to think about that for yourself there is no uh in quote formula that's coming from this pulpit concerning that it's a simple you and god go figure it out amen you go and weigh it you go and check it for yourself and see if you are able to have that a uh, fluidity where you can do what you want to do for god for the kingdom for his people glory to god you see um that thought must be behind everything that is what makes you wiser than the children of this world that's what makes us stars in this world so praise god um i i i need to ponder about this you need to ponder about this we need to be ready for such thoughts and they should move us really you know and i'm glad that we are in that kind of church in jesus name how many of you believe that <laughs> i really believe it you know i i do i seriously believe we're in a good church and and this is this is wonderful i'm going to read something in first thessalonians chapter 3 also let's hear um Paul's heart for the church you know we we must get soul saved we must consider getting people filled with the holy ghost but there's also stability and comfort that must come to the believer to the church uh in 1st Thessalonians 3 notice 
Verse 1, he says, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you, to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. Praise God. Let's hear this also in Canada. You know, First Thessalonians 1 through to 3. Thank you, sister. Adadarinda inu tadeya larade nau ateyani obantiga ragiye irubudu olle dendu yotisi nimma mele bandirwa sankatagalli obbaranu obbaranu chanchala ragadante nimmanu drida padisu dakku nimma nambikiya vridhi gagi praibodisu dakku namma sahodararannu krista suvarteya ಉದ್ಯೋಗದಲ್ಲಿ ದೇವರ ಸೇವಕನು ಆಗಿರುವ ತೀಮೋತೆಯನನ್ನು ನಿಮ್ಮ ಬಳಿಗೆ ಕಳಿಸಿದೆವು ಅಮೇನ್ ಸೊ ಯು ನೋ ದ ಥೆಸ್ಲೋನಿಯನ್ಸ್ ವೆರಿ ಮಚ್ ಲೈಕ್ ದಿ ಹೀಬ್ರೂಸ್ ಹೂ ಬಿಕೇಮ್ ಬಿಲೀವರ್ಸ್ ದೇ ಸಫರ್ಡ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದೇರ್ ಫೇತ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಯು ನೋ ದೇರ್ ಆರ್ ವರ್ಸಸ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಕನ್ಸರ್ನಿಂಗ್ ದ ಫಿಲಿಪಿಯನ್ಸ್ ಹೌ ದಟ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಟ್ರಯಲ್ ಆಫ್ ಅಫ್ಲಿಕ್ಷನ್ ದೇ ರಿಸೀವ್ ದ ವರ್ಡ್ ಆಲ್ ಆಫ್ ದೀಸ್ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಸೊ they had to suffer because of the name of jesus and today the church is going through another kind of suffering you know whatever is out there in the world is affecting people churches are not able to open properly all of these things you know so the church needs to be strengthened and comforted and so ministers are sent did you see that P- particular people have to speak into your life into the church did you notice that Verse 5 is a result. He says, For this cause, when we could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. Praise God. So just to know whether everybody's faith is fine. Are you all right? Are you still operating in faith? Are you believing God? Have you become scared? Are you holding back? Etc., etc. Amen? To be stable. So we need to see the kingdom going forth, souls getting saved. We need to see um, people filled with the Holy Ghost. We need to see people blessed and so on. But we also need to see them stable, not shaken, encouraged, comforted, their faith still working, not being tossed to and fro because the tempter is there to steal, to come and cheat us at the same time. And that's why we are here. Praise God. So I want to encourage you today to think that we are here on your side. We're not against you. We are for you. We believe that God sent us to encourage you, strengthen you, and get the work done, and to see you at the other side triumphantly with a big smile and full of joy, totally excited. Hallelujah. Amen. So notice verse 6 says, But now when Timotheus came from you unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith and love and that you have good remembrance of us always desiring greatly to see us we also to see you therefore brethren we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith amen let's hear um 
maybe verse 5, 6 and 7 also in Kana. Sorry sisters, I'm reading. Amen. You can see now that the purpose of, you know, the ministry and the church and all is coming more clearly. So he's saying there in result, verse 8, he says, For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. He says, we are excited and we actually just live to see the church standing fast in the Lord. Hallelujah. And that joy and that result is what a true minister has and should have. And we believe that we, we are touched in a similar manner. And that's, that's the way it should be. Praise God. Let's read verse 8 also in Canada, please. Amen. Praise God. I believe, therefore, that if your heart is set on these kind of thoughts, praise God. Nothing wrong. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godly exercise, patiently enduring after believing God, seeking His face. The power to get wealth will not be hindered. It will follow you. It should follow you. Because you have His heart on the matter. And you're seeking His face. And you're saying, Lord, you know, I'm just passing through. What is it you want me to do? And I'm open to you, Lord. And I'm available. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's not my money. I came naked. I'm going naked. What do you want me to do? Imagine that kind of combination. So when God begins to tell you to do things according to the scripture, I believe that's God's best. If he has to now tell you extra, well, make sure it's in line with the scripture. Judge what you're hearing so that you know it is him. The Bible wants us to judge any voice that's coming out there. You know, so sometimes people say, I heard this and I heard that. Make sure it's in line with the scripture. You know, you may think that the church is doing nothing and what, why are we giving to the church and all of those kind of things. Well, you can hear from, from Paul what it's all about. We are here to strengthen, to help the church, edify them, build them up so they are not conned by the tempter and their faith has fallen flat and they can't stand up and believe God for anything. So I believe that you and I, who have stuck with us and been hearing these things for some time, you are in a place to say, this is pretty safe. We're not extorting money out of you. We're not forcing anything out of you. Consider, if Jesus were to come in one year's time, did I keep anything for my family? Did I take care of the home front? And then, 
Did I do what I was supposed to do? Am I a giver? Am I a tither? Do I open my heart to say, Lord, what is it you want me to do? And then do it. Do I do business just for the sake of me doing it? A real businessman is standing at the gate between the world and the church, being able to bring in what's in the world to the church. Are you getting this? You are a worker who has learned from God to be able to flow with finances. And God needs more like that. Let's go also to the book of Romans. Let's observe Romans, the 12th chapter. Hallelujah. I hope you're getting something out of all this. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a happy camper. God is taking care of us. By His mercy, we are, we're here and we're having a daily nice time. God is very faithful and uh, there's no other life. I think there's no other life better than this. This is the best life on the planet. No matter what's going on out there, you and God can have a wonderful time. Amen. Notice in Romans chapter 12 verse 8, it says, Or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Are you seeing all that? This is a list of some kind of ministry work. Did you notice that? And in that, there comes someone, let's see verse 7. Ministry, let us wait on our ministry. He that teacheth on teaching. Then 8 says, he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Are you seeing that? So there's, there's someone there called the guy that distributes. It's a kind of special ministry kind of thing where you are gifted to just distribute. Distributors. Can you imagine being a distributor of cash? <laughs> That would be interesting. Anyway, you came naked. You're going naked. In between, you got these two fingers here. You came naked, going naked. These two, what are you doing in between? That's choose to be a distributor. Distribute stuff. Be a distributor. And you can be sure you will always be taken care of. Hallelujah. Let's hear verse 7 and 8 of Romans 12 also in Canada, please. ಸಂತೋಷವಾಗಿ So there are certain divine flows of God that you can pick up and just go with Him and He will use you. And He says there are certain ways that you can do it. He says with cheerfulness, with carefulness, you know, being open, being free, being very diligent about it. And once you get into all these kind of things, I'm telling you the supply will take place. You don't have to worry about it. This is God's way of doing things. God will be totally excited about it and say, Wow, I can work with this guy here. Hallelujah. All right, let's go now back to Second Peter chapter 1 again. 
Notice that this second Peter has been taking us places. And, uh, you know, Brother Joji talked about grace and peace the other day also being uh, brought to us from the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And here we say it's multiplied, you know, through the knowledge, through the exceeding great and precious promises, by the way you handle all of these things, an ability comes to you, an unction and God's own power comes to you to be able to work these steps out so that from being a receiver, you are now being a pipeline to meet the needs of others. So there comes, after godliness comes, brotherly kindness and then love. And if these things be in you and abound, they make you in a certain way that you just don't even fall. <laughs> Woo, glory. So we're, we're there again, Second Peter chapter 1. Let's read verse 7. Uh, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and the fruitfulness of it is based on these things, right? As you develop it, you're not going to be barren in the knowledge of God. You're going to be fruitful in the knowledge of God. There's going to be increase. Hallelujah. Let's hear verse 7 and 8 also in Kannada, please. Amen. So, I don't know about you, but what I take away from all this is, if I get onto these steps and start developing myself along this path, I get to a place where fruitfulness comes from the knowledge of God. See, there are people who go out there without the knowledge of God and just do something. That's fine. That's one level. But this is God's best, where you get to know what He wants you to do, and then you are developing it, and you are doing it at the same time. You're not just a hearer, but you're a doer also. And so, there's no um, reduction because you sat down to listen, and you heard, and you studied the Scripture. There are people who are saying, Ah, you know, is it just talk, 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 talk? Is there no praise and worship? You know, that's one level of church. You know, but this is, this is another level also. You need to think about the knowledge of God. You need to get some understanding from the Word and then cooperate with that. And then you cannot be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of God. Let's go to the book of Proverbs, the third chapter. Something familiar there. Verse 13 says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. Why is he happy? For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. Hallelujah. The merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. Notice that merchandise also means gain, the gain thereof. 
So there is gain. There's gain in handling the word. There's gain in handling God's wisdom and doing things according to God's word. There's gain. And it's more, more gain than fine gold. You know, if you go to a gold shop now, you know, people are probably excited about, you know, making savings in gold right now because of the way things are. But this is even the merchandise or the profit is more than that of gold, even fine gold, <laughs> 22 carat. Praise God. And so he says there, it gives you in the end length of days, riches and honor. These are the indices or the results of, you know, making the right choices. You live long, you have riches, you have good name. Amen. So there's going to be profit in these things. Um, as you're listening, open your heart up to profit. Open up your heart to gain. Open up your heart to hear from heaven. Constantly look at Him, consider Him, pray about things. If He wants you to do something prayerfully, tell Him, I'm available, Lord, and um, keep your heart there. Open up to God so that you know things are liquid. You're able to do things as you ought to. Don't forget your family. Be as wise as the unbeliever also, but be wiser than him because your eyes have seen beyond this realm are looking into the eternal realm also. Praise God. We need to have special wisdom in this day that we are living in. Last day kind of wisdom and understanding to cooperate with God and maneuver through all of these minefields of trouble and disaster out there. And let our heart be kept in the fear of God. Amen. Let's hear verse 13 and 14 also in Canada, please, of Proverbs chapter 3. Thank you, sister. Hallelujah. <laughs> Yay, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. If you could find the person who was responsible for most of your trouble and kick him in his backside, you would not be able to sit down for two weeks because that person is you. You'd have to kick yourself. Most of the trouble comes from us, ourselves, our decisions. And so wisdom is required because we, we need to, to tap into God's own way of doing things and saying, I'm going to trust in the Lord with all of my heart. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm going to fellowship with God. I'm going to study His Word and I'm going to hear what He wants me to do. Because we are tired of cutting our life. We're tired of cutting our, our blessing. We're tired of cutting off, you know, things that should have been ours. Amen. We need to live long. We need to see good days. We need to have honor in our name also. And that comes from God. So let's stick with God prayerfully. Consider these things and make choices looking at Him. Amen. Your failures are not the end. They don't have to bury you, really. They can just be 
a good instruction so that you don't make the same move again. Hallelujah. Don't let that failure kill you. But rather, you can always start and not make the same mistake. You can always prayerfully start. If you look at history and look at the successes of history, there are people who failed and failed and failed and failed and finally decided they were not going to do it like that. And they came out and became super successful. So we have decided we're not going to do what everybody's doing. We're not going to do what I felt like doing. We're going to do what God says, right? Let's go that way. Let's go with God. We have a short time. We're just a vapor. We'll be out of here soon. Let's do it right. So prayerfully, let's consider these things. Amen? Shall we pray for a minute? Father, in the name of Jesus, we trust you with all of our heart. We lean not on our own understanding. We welcome your counsel. We welcome your understanding. We trust you today. You're a faithful God. Thank you, Abba Father. Thank you, Great King. Hallelujah, Abba Father. What should we do? Where do we invest? What businesses, what, what should we choose? We look to you, Lord. Help us to be a distributor. Help us to be that one that can strengthen the church, encourage the church, build the church, edify your people. Help us to be that one that can reach that soul and be a blessing on this planet in this day and hour. We love you, great King. We worship you, Holy One. We yield to you today. With you there is gain. There is great gain. Godliness and contentment is great gain. We give you thanks, Abba Father, for where you brought us, where we are thus far. You've taken us through it all. We are here today saying thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we are opening our heart to you, Lord, your counsel, your guidance, to be all that you created us to be. In godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. And we know that we will have a different entrance. We worship you today. We worship you today. We worship you today. We worship you today. Thank you, Lord, for touching that back there, for healing and restoring the back and the muscles around that back in the name of Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. You're a faithful God. You're a faithful God. You'll do what you say. Thank you for ideas that are coming to your people, counsel that's coming to your people, to choose wisely. We worship you, Father. We refuse every sickness, every disease, every curse in the name of Jesus. We thank you for favor. We thank you for the increase of God. We receive your benefits today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Sister Shoba, for helping us there. Thank you, team. I believe you're blessed. Look forward to seeing you soon. Um, please stay in touch. We'd like to hear about your faith successes, your victories. Hallelujah. And if there's anything that you need prayer about, please reach out to us. Thank you so much. Thank you, team. Yeah. We have to receive, um, according to the scripture, we're going to receive the offerings. If you like to give, it's a good chance. Thank you for being such a cooperative people. God is faithful. 
whatever he said, he'll do it. So, in Jesus' name, we receive. Thank you, Abba Father. Worship you, great King. If you'd like to give by way of uh, the envelopes or by media, we use this as a point of contact for tithes and offerings. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We give you thanks, Father. We are trusting your word. We're trusting you. As your people give, may they receive increase, abundance, and overflow. It is you who gives us the power to get wealth, that we may establish your covenant. We may declare and live it in the corners of the earth, wherever we are. Thank you, Father, for angels working with us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. We believe you are blessed. Amen.